Welcome to the Bread and Cup podcast hosted by Corey and Shauna Burris. They are a former pastor, a college teacher, and Pacific Northwest coffee lovers. Mostly, they are Jesus followers who find themselves in lots of interesting conversations with non-Christians, former Christians, wondering Christians, and young adults from all kinds of backgrounds. And we want to invite you into those conversations. The Bread and Cup podcast is a place for real talk about the Bible, life, and what it takes to move beyond the easy answers. So let's grab a cup and join the conversation. Welcome to the Bread and Cup podcast. Uh, I'm Shauna. And I'm Corey. And this week we are eating, well... We're eating apparently a half of a Krispy Kreme donut. I'm not sure who in their right mind eats a half a Krispy Kreme donut, but it's it's late, and you decided to do half donuts for each one of us. So that's what we're doing. I offered you a whole. You did, but I felt guilty, and I was like, oh, you want me to sit here and eat a whole one while you would have? It just felt sure. weird. No, I didn't. And then, <laughs> The beauty sure. is that these Krispy Kreme donuts, and I know this is not something I baked or we made in our home, but they were dropped off by... Um, some people we adore, another couple that I would say we are in authentic community with, um, and especially the wife and I, she is um, somebody I adore and trust implicitly and have had many, many push-pull conversations with. And so they yeah. dropped us off some Krispy Kreme and it was appropriate. And one of the places we you eat or around here, we're in Olympia, Washington, as you eat at Olympia Coffee Roaster. So we're enjoying we some Olympia Coffee, coffee Roaster our... coffee, yep. which you can still get shipped to you right now, which you is can. nice. Mm-hmm. Um, and as Shauna said, we are talking about authentic communication. No. Or no. Authentic, authentic community. Mm-hmm. You teach a class called authentic communication, which is a totally different subject. But... It is. <laughs> so. And yeah, totally not. Right. It's the same, but not. Right. So, um, but we're continuing our conversation that we were having last week on community, on what, um, what authentic community looks like. Um, and I'm going to eat a bite of this donut cause it's sitting in front of me right now. Okay. So I so going to keep talking. So I will, I will recap. I don't think we've ever done that before. Actually ate while we recorded. Um, so last week we talked primarily about, I'm um, sort of what relationship is, how humans were created for it. Um, And we talked about what it meant to be in authentic community. We use the term push-pull conversations, meaning that when there's trust between um, people, be two people or a group of people, when there's trust there and they're willing to be vulnerable, they're willing to do some some self-evaluation and then bring that um, to the people and hear their honest feedback on it that both both parties grow from it. And that's really one of the key characteristics of a push-pull relationship and what what real community does. And we landed a little bit on the the three-piece um, thing that I teach to the students, which is honest self-evaluation allows vulnerability with the with your very trusted group, your closest people, which leads to authenticity wherever you go in whatever kinds of conversations and relationships. And so this week we're going to focus on that first part of it, um, which is the honest self-evaluation because ironically, maybe not ironically, maybe, I don't know. Isn't it ironic? Don't you think, Corey, that relationship starts with personal health? It is very difficult. Did you get my Alanis Morissette reference there? You didn't even laugh a little bit. I was eating a donut. Oh, okay. Um, Okay. Well, there you go. We're learning and growing. It's fine. Um, That relationship. Half a donut. (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> do you want me to get you the other half, babe? No, I'm good. Okay. Um, that I lost our train of thought. <laughs> that real community, if you are lonely, if you are wanting real community, whether that is in your workplace or in, especially in the church, and we're going to get further into that this week, um, but it begins with your personal health. It is very, very difficult to be in a healthy relationship when you are, when you do not have at least a growing level of personal maturity and personal health. You do not have to be perfect, but you need to be in the place where you're growing in personal health and personal maturity. Yeah. And what I think is interesting about that also is a little bit conversely is that um, to have authentic relationship or to, to be in a good place. Um, personally, personally, you need to have relationship around you. Yeah. And so it's this, it's this hand, you know, kind of drawing itself they, they type of idea. They can't see your awesome hands. No, it's really cool yeah. though. Um, <laughs> but it's essentially this idea that like one does not exist without the other, right? right? Which is why we're talking about relationship for two weeks in a row is because, because without healthy relationships, you don't have healthy personal life and right. vice versa. And they feed right. each other. And that when one becomes broken or one becomes not broken, dysfunctional, I'm, dysfunctional or yeah. one does not operate in its optimal way, yeah, then the other is hurt in the process of doing that. Absolutely. And be- again, because we bring the Christian perspective to this, it's important that the, the Christian church or the body functions in shalom relationship and community because that's what we were built to do but also that we function in that outward that we can be healthy investors in our community whether or not our community shares our belief perspective um or our worldview and that's that's also healthy if you are if everything feels threatening to you that's a lack of trust and a lack of self-awareness yeah because there is some security when people say you are confident. I think the most beautiful expression of somebody being confident is that they've tested themselves and they know that they can work it out. It's why I believe athletes have swagger. Over and over, people that become really well-known businessmen or really women um, who become very successful entrepreneurs often have a an athletic background. They were some form of successful athlete. And that could have been in college or could have been in high school. But I believe that that's because they um, learned to test their body in lots of different arenas and in lots of different ways. They knew that they had to show up at practice and they could absolutely fail, but that their team and their coach would believe in them and tell them they needed to just get up and they needed to run the last mile or they needed to push through the practice or I'm sorry you don't want to do the tournament this weekend. Suck it up, buttercup. We are going to do this for the betterment of everybody and you can do your personal best in that. And there is something about a well-run athletic team that I think is just the most brilliant picture of what it looks like to be in healthy community yeah, where you strive for your personal best. You are out there shooting baskets in the middle of the night in your driveway, or you're running in the extra mile because you need to be better, but it's, you need to be better because the greatest success, the Super Bowl, happens as a team. Right. 
Great example of this is, um, so uh, there's a documentary right now on, um, with about the Bulls that's really popular on ESPN right about now. About Super Bulls? About the Bulls. Oh, the Bulls. I heard They're a basketball Bulls. team from Chicago. <laughs> Thank you. I remember they did the the triple, what did they call it? They had the a three-peat? Was it a three-peat? Yeah. I sports ball triple so double. hard, babe. <laughs> the three-peat, um, yeah. yeah, in the 90s, I remember. Yeah. One of my good high school friends was and a it, massive fan. And it is actually about that team and Michael Jordan. And one yep. of the things that, um, and, and it's got some controversial things about the way sure. he acted, of course. And, I, and I'm not trying to say he's the epitome of the example that we should all be taking, but he was incredibly successful and he surrounded himself and cre- helped create a very, very successful team around himself. Sure. And they show, were showing practices of him running. When I was over to a friend's house the other day, socially distancing very safely. Just want to throw that in the out backyard. There, you know, yeah. But we're, we, the TV is on and we're watching it, and the, um, the, they show Michael Jordan at the practice. And they were talking about how, even at his older age at the time, for, for somebody for an, an athlete yeah. or an athletic person, is he was, he would be at the front of the pack. Like wow. they were running like drills and he'd be running faster. He would run as fast as he possibly could wow. um, during that time. And yeah. it was because he wanted to lead through that whole entire process. Wow. So. Yeah, that that is a great, but it started with he had to be his best self, right? right? And he and was pushing himself for himself, but also for the other yeah, people around him. Yeah. Exactly. And so, you know, we we want to focus a little bit today on the idea of what does it look like to begin to identify health in yourself so that you can begin growing? And again, you don't have to be completely healthy to be to begin to grow healthy relationships. Mm. They, your health grows in healthy relationship. But if you're really finding yourself just struggling to be in community, begin with taking little steps to be healthy in yourself. So self-awareness is the first thing. And that's a big old category. There's probably lots of books. There's whole podcasts out there on there. We referenced Enneagram last week. Um, you know, that's part of that sort of self-awareness movement. I want to pull that apart a little bit. When you and I say self-awareness, we don't necessarily mean that you can name your MBTI or your Enneagram number or that you can say whether or not you're an introvert or an extrovert. Those things are fine. They are very useful tools, as you referenced last week. However, when we say self-awareness, we mean taking the time to feel your feelings and figure out why you feel the way you feel and what expectations or beliefs are part of that feeling. Mm. So it isn't good enough to say, I'm a three-wing two on the Enneagram. That is a reality of me. It's not good enough for me to say, well, I'm a three-wing two, therefore X, Y, and Z. I can say, well, what does knowing that about myself help me realize? What do I need to do to feel fulfilled in this arena? Or am when I'm leading in that space, if I don't feel successful, why don't I feel successful? What are the expectations I'm bringing of myself? And are those expectations realistic given what I know about who I am. Maybe that team isn't the best thing for me to lead because that team functions in this way and I I actually don't operate that way. 
So I'm holding them back. And I'm not, my personality isn't going to change. They need a different leader. Yeah. And that's, that's part of self-awareness. It's being able to not just recognize I'm mad, I'm sad, I'm disappointed, but going to the layer beneath that and saying, I'm mad, as I used in the example last week. Well, mad is actually kind of a weird emotion for me to be feeling. Why am I then feeling that? What's underneath that? I had this expectation. I had this belief. Right. And, and then you know, hopefully at that point you're in community enough that you can take have that somebody to somebody. Say, and they can go, yeah, you feel that way. What are you going to do about it? Yeah. Right. Or you actually, your expectation is right. You're that, right. you know, you expect that so-and-so calls you back or you expect that they show up and are available or you expect whatever else it might be. That's a realistic and healthy expectation. If they're not meeting it, you need to go talk to them about it. Yeah. And if they're unwilling to change, you need to understand what they're saying about the relationship you have with them and respond accordingly. And and so we do need others to help us. And for some of you, that might mean an actual therapist. Yeah. Right? There, sometimes our expectations and our beliefs are, are so tangled up in hurt or misuse or wrong treatment, unhealth, that we can't disentangle it. Right. Just with ourselves or even with our church family or a pastor. We Yeah. And we don't know the the root of why we feel the way that we feel, right? And and like sure. you're saying, you need we we both just read a book um on healthy spirituality. Emotionally healthy spirituality. Yeah. yeah. And I think it, it and it talks a little bit about this idea and it or a lot of it about this yeah. idea. And a lot of that is uh, the concept that um, our emotions are tied to all of, you know, they're all three every experience. tied every experience, mm-hmm. right? And our past emotions that we felt when something happened can yeah. oftentimes come out in our spiritual or our emotional or mental reaction totally. many years later because it, it set a precedence in our life. And so having somebody that can help you unpack those things with you and go, yeah, yeah let's, that's a good point. Set that to the side, yeah. you know, when let's go through this. It's, it's not a, I think a lot of times mental health is a really interesting thing mm-hmm. because it is, uh, it is kind of shamed in a lot of ways. Yeah. We, I think we, we're moving out of that, but we are, yeah, but there's but, a stigma attached to it yeah. for sure. And, and, yeah. and it's hard to, and, and it's ironic because you need to be somewhat self-aware to figure out that, Hey, I actually might have some mental health things that I need to address, yeah. which is why I think it's good to be able to find somebody professional that can help you walk through those. Totally. One of the first clues to sort of your path of self-awareness, at least according to us non-experts, this is just us having lived in community a long time. Uh, so I'm going to throw that caveat in there. That's I good. like those, uh, we are not mental health experts, uh, please find someone who is if you want to go deeper than whatever we've said. But one of the first clues is how you impact those around you. If you are, if, if you find that people shy away from you, if you find that, you know, you get into relationship and then they fall apart quickly. If you find that, that wherever you are, you struggle to find deep relationship. Maybe you only have one, maybe it's just you and your spouse, or maybe it's just you and your sibling, one sibling or two siblings. If you find that you're struggling with that, or that you feel people treat you poorly, that you're very kind, but you're sort of constantly looked over, right? You you realize you're not in the group thread anymore, you know, these <laughs> kinds of things. Um, 
those are really good hints that it's time to sit back and and do some self-awareness with, let me be clear, it does not always mean that it's your fault directly. You might not be doing something directly. It might be the group that you're in. It might be the expectations you're bringing to the group. So let me be clear. I'm not saying that you're flawed and faulted. I'm saying that there is a flawed process there that needs to be addressed. And that could be the way you see yourself and the way you operate, in which case you need to do some self-work. But it could also be flawed expectations that you're bringing into friendships that you believe that in every friendship you you should be their bestie. Yeah. That's not possible for every friendship. And and if you bring that with you, it's not that you shouldn't expect to have a best friend, but you can't expect to be the most significant person to every person you're in relationship with. Right. If you carry that expectation in, um, it, it, you're going to find that, that you know people walk away from you pretty quickly um, because they, they can't carry that weight. Yeah. And so how you impact those around you, whether it's good or bad, can, can be an initial barometer of, am I being self-aware? Am I being healthy? Yeah, and I think that the Bible talks about this a lot, right? <laughs> yeah, of course. And I, I, and I think that and that comes out in the fruit of the Spirit. I think a lot of times we... Um, we and it's fruit singular, not fruits plural. True. Um, the fruit, the fruit of the spirit, right? Mm-hmm. And and you know, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, faithfulness and self control. And self control. He went through that list real fast. Well, I was trying to get through and make love, sure joy, I got joy, peace, patience, goodness, kindness, gentleness, gentleness, faithfulness, and self control. And and those are signs of your. Go ahead. What were you gonna say? You have you sent, look like you're gonna say something. No, so I was I just, no, uh, I was agreeing with you. That was my happy smiling face. Those, are, those <laughs> are. I was like, wow, she's about to say something really profound, and I'm not. <laughs> no, so like, you um, were being profound, and I was smiling with you. Yay. But those, it, it, as you look at yourself and you look at, at at what's coming out of your life, yeah. If it's not indicative of those things, then then that is a great opportunity for you to go, wow. Kindness isn't coming out of my life. What am I sowing? Like, what am I putting into this? Where am I? What am I throwing into this that is causing something very, very different to come yeah. out? Use the church term sowing into your life. Um, That's true. If you don't want to use the church term, you could say, what am I investing in? Yeah. Or what am I willing to consume? If what you're consuming is angry gossip. Right. It will be very challenging to be kind. Right. And if, yeah, and so um, I think that's just one of those things that you can help to, and if you can't figure it out, like we said before, like if you can't, if you keep going, man, what's coming out of my life is one of these things is missing, right? Like lovingness or kind, like joy is not coming out of my life. Every yeah. time everybody around me is depressed yeah. and the common denominator is you, right? Yeah. It's not, again, just like you said, it's not that you're broken. Maybe you need to sit down with somebody in authentic community and yeah. say, I feel this way. Like, yeah. what is going on? And that's how this self-awareness piece ties back into where we started all of this a week ago, which is that it isn't just about self-peace or self-validation mm. or self-contentment. Um, you can have, you should have those things, 
but you have them when they happen in community. That humans were built in a way that that peace and contentment and security and trust, those things happen in the community environment. Right. And some people, like you talked about last week with our kids, some people need a community of three or four, and that's it. And some people need a community of 100. And neither of those is better or worse than the other. But the point is, is that humans don't do their best work living their lives completely alone. And that we thrive when we're in peace, not just peace with ourselves, but peace with ourselves allows us to be at peace with the people around us and vice versa, right? That when... that. Because inevitably, there's tension as a human. Life is real hard. And and things, there's so much we don't control. And our emotions can come up fast and furious. And there's things we have every right to lament and grieve and mourn and, you know, even be angry about. But that when we're in the midst of a community, they can come around us and lament with us or grieve with us or correct us and say, that's... You, that's unjust. The way you're behaving is unjust. How can we help you move towards peace? Yeah. Move back towards joy, which is the yeah. current mindfulness term. And that's, and that's, I think, you know, moving into this idea of how do you recognize um, when you are in unhealthy relationships? Yeah. When you have a lack of health in the relationships you have around you is when you are not again going back to what we said yes last week which is when you are not sowing peace into community yeah right when when you're creating contention and i'm not again i'm not trying to be political or any of those things but think about like the way that people come together over things that they are angry about Mm -hmm. and things that they feel like are being taken away from me and, and and selfishly, right? Like, oh, you're you're not letting me do this. You're not doing this. You're not adding this to my life. And yeah. we get angry, and we find and and we don't sow seeds of peace within our community. Right. We sow seeds of destruction and anger and yeah. hate. And the fruit of the spirit that comes out of that is yeah. very very different than what God is asking us to sow into right. the people around us. And righteous ang- anger has a place, absolutely. Right when we when we hear stories of racially charged um violence we you should be angry about that that's a that is a good thing but you're advocating for peace right right you're advocating for justice and i think that's a you know i don't know we might have wandered a little far outside of our own track we both have pretty high senses of what is just and um as a family we've the way that we choose to live that out um, in its in its most tangible form is we're involved in the foster care community because we really believe that it is that one of the high forms of justice is caring for children, caring for people who who haven't who have started their life in the negative by the nature of what they were exposed to in the womb or outside of the womb, by the nature of 
the inconsistency in education and advocacy. And so for us, one of the expressions of justice is being involved in foster care. Um, We sort of an interesting role that isn't isn't necessarily relevant for this, but well, it is a little bit is, because it's about community, right? It is about community. It is actually you're right. Yeah. It's exactly so, about community. And I think that, um, like, just even as that is a framework of, um, we got involved with it as a to the point, and we're asked to lead and to help gather a community together because they realized yeah. that foster parents were going at this alone. Right? Yeah. And the kids that were in their care were already at the salon, right? Yeah. Because they were taken from their families or yeah. they were taken out of the if situation. If they weren't they were... alone, if they had community, they wouldn't be in care. Right. They'd be with their community. And so yeah. there was this recognized need for community outside of just one or two people, yeah. right? And so one of the roles that we help with is helping kind this of facilitation. facilitating mm-hmm. this. And so in that you see how this this idea of what we're talking about happens, right? What does healthy relationship looks like? Well, when we can say, oh, this kid is going back into a home that we don't feel like they should be going yeah. back to when it breaks us and we can share and we can we can be vulnerable and say, I'm angry with this person that this is happening. Yeah. And and we're then, angry at the system that would return this child right. to this home. And so yeah. And, and how you know you're in health community is when you start to see what's coming out of that is peace within that person or within yeah. the people around them. When we start gathering supported. around. And they're willing to keep doing the work. Right. Yeah. And that they, that they are able to go back to those very challenging situations and, and keep loving and keep connecting. And even, oh, we had one of our families, they had just this almost impossible situation, um, with a biological parent, um, who really just, oh, it was so, it was, it was so hard. The biological parent made their life really hard. Um, and they were able to express in the safety of the group, just their struggle and their frustration and their hurt. Like we're doing our best to love your child and you are just being really unkind you you're making things worse right now and that and just how hurt they were by then the community was able to surround them and grieve with them you're right that is unfair and it isn't you know it that hurts when someone lashes out at you when they come after you that is really that is hard and it is one of the um downfalls of the role you've taken on but you're doing such a great job with their child you are loving them well. You are giving them what they need so that they can go back. And the beauty of the end of that story is they did. That the re- resolution came out of that relationship. They were able to reach a place where eventually the bio parent was supported and encouraged and affirmed and they're thriving. And that only happens because that family was able to be supported in an authentic and vulnerable way. They were able to feel their feels. That's what I say to to our kids. You got to feel your feels sometimes. They were able to do that in a place where there was push and pull. They were were advocated for, but they were also told, you you can't take that with you back into the care. Hmm. You got to leave that here. You got to leave that here in this meeting. And we're all for you. Text us if you need to. If you want a meal, we'll bring you a meal. 
If you need a break, we'll give you a break, but you got to leave your feels here, feel them and then go back to the work. And that's what community allows us to do. Yeah. Right. It invests back in us when we don't have enough left to give so that we can return to invest back into the broader community. Right. And, and ultimately, um, it is the example that is shown to us in the Bible, right? Of what, when you look at the, you look at Jesus, you look at what he did and how he walked with his disciples and how he spoke with his disciples and how they spoke with him and how they challenged each other and how they challenged each other even after he, he left, you know, that, that, that idea of what, what is church, Mm -hmm. right? What is church? Like, I think you, I don't know if you said at the beginning of this episode or the last, but it was, you know, is church, you know, Sunday morning where we sit down with our three songs and we, you know, we grab our cup of green, drink our coffee while, you know, the, you know, pastor comes up at the end of the last song, says something inspirational, and then we sing one more verse, right? Like that's the way we perceive church, but church is community, right? In a healthy way, what it should be is us standing there challenging each other bringing peace into the people around us's life even in the midst of chaos calling them to be image bearers of god and calling them out when they're not and i don't mean calling them out as in being rebuked i mean challenge like i see this in you god is reflected in you when you do this why aren't you why aren't you why why are you behaving in a way that is contrary to the value you actually hold not in a better fall in line right right it's when this idea of shalom Mm -hmm. peace comes into the people around you's life and if you aren't seeing that in the relationships you have then you should be seeking out ways that you can bring peace into the yeah. life. And peace doesn't mean you. absence of war or even absence of conflict. Right. Healthy community absolutely can pick up conflict. Yeah. Shalom means a steadiness and assurance mm. of of safety, like yeah. an ongoing sense of security. Um, and so that's what real community should bring. And that's what the church is meant to do. First with each other, first within our well, first within your family. So for us, that would be this little house with our people and then our extended family, but also our, our church community. And so that's where we show up every, every week. And we do those songs. We love those songs. And we, yeah. sermons are awesome. We pastored great. Um, but what happens is when we stand in the hallway and we have conversations about where are you at this week and how are you doing on that thing we talked about? And can I pray with you about that. Like, I'm so sorry to hear that you're struggling right now. What can we do to help move you in the next right step, right? It isn't always out of struggle. Sometimes you just got to walk through it, but how can we support your next right step, whatever that looks like and drawing people back to, and really in the church, it's who does God say you are? Who did he build you to be? And what does it look like when you get one step closer to him? Are you behaving in the way that you're, that's showing you're closing that distance, right? Yeah. You're not broken, but man, you're behaving like you're distant. And how can we help you as a community love and walk you to shorten that distance? And if you don't know that distance broken conversation, it's a couple episodes ago. You can find any of them 
um, on iHeartRadio, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you like to listen. Yeah. Yeah. Well, thank you for joining us. This has been a great conversation. I hope you enjoyed it. Um, If you don't have community um, and you are in need of community, we want to encourage you to reach out to us. Um, One of the things we know in the midst of where we're at, right? Again, we're recording this in the midst of the COVID pandemic and everything that's going on with that. So if you're listening to this later, maybe this doesn't apply to you, I hope. And I hope it's not too far after this this doesn't apply to you. But If it's 2022, (laughs) don't tell us. Exactly. I don't know. (laughs) But um, if you're listening to this and, and, and you feel like, man, I don't have authentic community around me and I need that. Yeah. One of the things that we are looking at is how do we facilitate that mm-hmm. in a better way? Yeah. And how do we open up, again, push-pull conversations? Yep. How do we create environments around us that allow for um, open, authentic relationship and authentic, you know, transparent conversations to start yeah. happening? So if you don't, reach out to us, yep, message you can, us, um, uh, go you to can, our website. Go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> you can find us on Instagram at Bread and Cup Podcast. You can find us on Facebook if you prefer that. Same, at Bread and Cup Podcast. And if you want to send us an email, you can find, uh, contact us on breadandcuppodcast.com. We would love to have an authentic conversation with you. Um, and even more so, we would love to see you as listeners find each other and begin to have some push-pull conversations um, together. To join the conversation, like and subscribe, then find us on Instagram at Bread and Cup Podcast. You can also find us at our website and other social platforms linked in the show notes.